0: Welcome to the Conversion Tracking Playbook, where we share how to overcome tracking challenges that e-commerce brands face today and real world examples of transforming data into insights. Welcome to another episode of the Conversion Tracking Playbook. I'm your host, Brad Redding. And today I have nine or 10 updates to share with you. These are changes in the world of Shocker tracking that have happened could be in the last couple of days or even going back to some of the updates end of April, early May that we've seen come up with many of our customers and just different integrations that we've been working on. So with that, let's jump into it. So the first one is TikTok released a update with well, a Actually, release updates every week, but they had an update a few weeks ago that deprecated some old events in their integration. So, you might have seen they had an announcement where they were, it was around their Pixel, where they're stating that their Pixel is now going to accept third party tracking. Anyways, and just trying to build confidence in advertisers that they'll be able to track and attribute better. With that, there are also some other updates and changes to the integration, and specifically, this matters if you are using the native Shopify TikTok app or if you are an Elevar customer and using our LLVAR integration. But long story short, page view event, they no longer support the PageView event. This has been a question that has come in many times from different customers wondering if their TikTok tracking is broken or the Elevar tracking is broken for TikTok. And that's the, that's the long and short of it. TikTok is no longer using the generic page view event. And essentially what we've seen, some will still see that event in their events manager or within their pixel and TikTok, and some aren't. And same thing with a Chrome extension as well. Sometimes you'll see the page view event triggering and sometimes you don't. But long story short, it doesn't matter either way. At this point, they've deprecated it. It may have been slowly rolling it out across all their different customers, but it's really not gonna matter at this point since it's not an event that they will be using in the future. So that is number one. The second update, this is specific to Snapchat, and Snapchat has had a quote unquote conversion API, or at least the conversion API documentation out for, I don't know, maybe six to eight months, don't quote me on that. But when we first looked at implementing Snapchat conversion API last, gosh, it's uh, it's May, I think end of 2021, we started to hit some roadblocks with the way that we can implement it. And specifically we are seeing they had very tight rate limiting and also the way that we would need to authenticate to send server events was fairly complex and so much to the point where we put that integration on hold. If you want more details on the why behind that, go back to episode number one and this podcast. And this is the it was the podcast around why can't all tracking move from client side to server side. And one of the insights that Thomas, our VP of engineering shared was many platforms like a Snapchat or others, they're simply not ready and able to accept the volume of data through a server side or a conversion API integration that they typically do through a pixel API, like your standard JavaScript. So we saw that come through firsthand was Snapchat. Essentially, the commercial API appeared to be bolted onto the marketing API, which doesn't have that volume of thinking about all the page view events, product view events, et cetera, that can come through a pixel. Anyways, so we worked with their technical support team and helped give insights on what we need to implement for some of our customers. And they released that update a couple of weeks ago. It's end of May right now, so roughly mid-May. And we have our first couple of customers that we're beta testing, getting them up and running for site-wide conversion API events for Snapchat. And there's no rate limiting. The authorization token is very similar, if not the same process, if you think about the Facebook CAPI token. And I know for some of our customers, they're actually getting a pretty hefty ad credit. It's in the thousands, five digits, I think but check with your sales rep to see if you might be eligible for an ad credit. And essentially they get the credit for ad spend if they have the conversion API implemented. So it's pretty cool. And um, it could be something to take advantage of over the next couple of months. So that's the second one. Now we'll transition into Klaviyo. So Klaviyo has also released some updates recently. Towards the end of April, they released an update to their Klaviyo Shopify app. And the big one that is in the world of tracking is you have a toggle that you can enable inside the app to automatically collect the product view event. So historically with Klaviyo, you would install our app and their base script. And then you'd go one of two routes to implement product view tracking and add to cart tracking. The one that we would see most customers and brands do would be take the code that Clavio provides in our help docs and you just copy and paste that into your different Shopify theme files. And that's how you would send the viewed product and add the cart event to your Klaviyo account to run browse abandonment, et cetera. But now with this new update at the end of April, there is a setting and there'll be a link in the show notes to go directly to these docs, but there's now just a toggle to automatically enable the product view event to be sent to Klaviyo. So it's pretty cool, definitely an improvement. So if you, let's say you're an our customer, And you also are using Klaviyo, which is probably 80% of you, you can either just move if you upgrade to their app embed version, you can either remove the hard coded product view event or disable or pause the tag in GTM that you might have gotten from Elevar and then have that automatically sent from the Klaviyo app. Please note, this doesn't cover add to cart events. So you still would need to send the add to cart event directly through the theme or through GTM through an Elevar integration or potentially another way you might be doing it. But that's update number one from Clavio. The second one is around their identity API or identify API. And essentially this rollout is following in the footsteps of privacy and just security. But email, phone number, and your Clavio ID, so your customer ID, those can no longer be updated through Google Tag Manager or web tags. Now they don't specifically call out, you can't use this with GTM or you can't use it with web tags. Essentially what they're stating is you can't update or change or modify a user's profile through the old identify API, which is typically what you'd see in their docs when implementing JavaScript based tracking. So for example, the most common one that I can recall here is a quiz. So if you have a quiz on site, and someone completes or gets towards the end of that quiz, and you want to send updates to that email or potentially create an email profile through that quiz completion. And if you're using a hard-coded JavaScript tag or a GTM tag, you wouldn't be able to do that through the old way, which again, could be hard-coded in your theme or a tag in GTM that you're essentially sending that email to create or update that profile. So keep that in mind. So if you do have a quiz, or if you are doing any customizations of phone numbers through, again, this is custom. So if you're using Clavio forms, I, I do want to make sure that I'm not causing too much chaos or freak out here. If you are using Clavio signup forms or potentially attentive and then linking data from attentive to Clavio, I don't think you'd custom or complex setups on site where you are actually changing an email, phone number, or ID through just a web-based tag. Again, there, there will be a link in the docs that'll go through this. And I think their date that they're requiring you to have to change your integration to their own, to a new server side. I think they're calling it their profile identifiers API, which is a server side API is uh, I think the June 13th is that cutoff date to make that adjustment. So again, if you have anything that sounds somewhat along the lines of that type of customization, just double check with their dev team and uh, see if you need to make any changes. Now to transition into the world of Google, a lot of changes coming out and this will likely never stop as long as I can predict. So with Google, they had their Google Marketing Live event, I think it was May 24th. And a lot of announcements came out from that. I'll include a link to an overview, WordStream, that's a pretty good overview, just summarizing. I think it was like their top 10 announcements that some aren't necessarily related to tracking per se, but the ones that, were related to tracking. Uh, Number one is the most confusing nomenclature in the world might get hopefully uh, simplified for everybody. So the global site tag or the G tag, which you may have known this by in the past, it's they're now rolling out just having one Google tag. they're actually going to call it the Google tag. And you essentially implement one tag and then you decide and map where you want that data sent. So, and this is just within Google properties. So you implement the Google tag and then the way they're visualizing or showing it is you say, I want to send it to this Google Analytics destination and I want to send it to this Google Ads account destination. So that's a change. I don't know exactly when that'll roll out. Likely the way that we've seen it in the past is it'll be a slow rollout potentially for the rest of the year. But that'll be again, you install a Google tag once and then you map where you want that data to go to different GA or Google Ads accounts. Obviously, that will have a direct impact on the way that we implement tracking in the world of Elevar. So it could be obviously related to GA4, but GA4, Google Ads, or while it lasts, Universal Analytics, we'll be sure to keep this top of mind and update you if anything needs to change with your integration. The next one in the Google Marketing Live announcement, this one isn't necessarily new, but it was just called out as another update. Uh, It was more additional platforms that they're implementing enhanced conversion integrations with. But to me, this was just a bigger, it was another signal that enhanced conversions is going to be potentially that, that way to, I want to use the words get around, but I don't want to use that phrase. But if we think future state where potentially there's no cookies on site, so users aren't tracked automatically, which many think that's a great state to be in. And ultimately, someone might sign up for an email or ultimately purchase down the line. So where Enhanced Conversions and the Enhanced Conversion API can come into play to, to help the brands and merchants that they may not necessarily be able to track that conversion is by stitching that data together. So with the Enhanced Conversions API, where essentially you're sending hashed email addresses and phone numbers or, or other information related to that user. Again, it's hashed, so it's cons- can be considered private but essentially sending that hash data to Google where then Google can link that activity back to that original ad interaction. And obviously the primary goal here is just to try to give and try to ensure that you have a very clear and transparent visual on your performance for campaigns. Because if you saw zeros across all of your campaigns, then you'd likely would cut budget and wouldn't be a good thing for anybody. So that is another one that's just a call out there that, to me, this is going to be in the next couple of years, one of the big optimizations. You likely will see a lot of articles, especially from us. We've been putting it out for a couple of years, just different ideas or ways that you can optimize email opt-ins outside of just that standard blanket that everyone sees when they enter the site. So we've had a couple strategies of the week for our customer emails and potentially some blog posts on Adding in that email collection after someone clicks add to cart where the intent is a little bit higher is then then hit them up with that. Hey, do you want to opt into an email to save 10% on this order today if you complete your purchase? So those are the circumstances where or the ways where I see this being a very niche CRO focus is essentially that your negotiation with that user of getting them to share information about themselves in exchange for discount, better experience, whatever it might be. The next one that you might see a lot of fanfare around this one from the Google Marketing Live event, this is the Google Shopping Click to Checkout. So this is an update to the Google Shopping listing where historically it's been, customers can browse a bunch of products and then click to view the product on the merchant's website. Now there will be an additional checkout. So user consumer can click to view the product or they can click checkout, which will automatically add that item to checkout. And redirect that user to the cart or checkout. And this is pretty cool. So two things here. One, they did state in the event that Shopify would be one of the first partners they'd roll this out with. And number two, you might be thinking, well, how the heck can they do that? And it's pretty simple. Shopify's had this functionality for ever, I don't know, a long time. It's one of our top-ranked landing pages in our blog still. I think I wrote this article three years ago: is how to auto add an item to a cart and uh, which will redirect the user to the checkout i'm assuming that's the way they're going to do that because essentially all you need to do is take the merchant's shopify domain and add the variant id that's being added to the cart and then you set the quantity that you're adding and drop that into url and you can see that item automatically added to the quote-unquote cart and redirect it to checkout So that's a a rollout that'll be happening again. I'm assuming it'll be ahead of Q4, but it could be a small incremental win to uh, your Google Shopping experience, especially in those high volume, high traffic, high demand times. Last but not least in the Google Marketing Live updates, so something else that's relevant for at least our customer base, not that everything is not relevant, but something that stood out to me was the more visual feed in Google ads listings. So this would be a swipeable visual feed for apparel based customers. So again, it's trying to do a better job of merchandising within search results. Google trying to do a better job of merchandising within search results. So this could be images, bigger or better descriptions or more rich descriptions. And they even called out virtual or 3D, not virtual reality yet, maybe sometime soon, but 3D type of visualizations as well. And that might and potentially would be pretty cool to see some of this change continue to evolve in the search engine results and what users see when they're searching for a particular product. All right, so we're down to the last couple items here of things that are new in the world of tracking. GA4 does have a new homepage that they'll be rolling out soon. And I'm only calling this out as a reminder to everyone that I've spoken to many customers over the last week that they're just concerned that GA4 is unusable right now and there's been some pretty funny threads going around Twitter or LinkedIn where it's just joking around like, hey, how do I go find this report that I can find a universal analytics in five seconds? And one joke is, I mean, it was a joke to me because I'm the data nerd here, but you <laughs> need to go read a 1500 word article. On how to build this report in GA4, that is something that you do in uh, a couple seconds in Universal Analytics. But, anyways, I think I'm just sharing this in a trying to trying to instill some confidence and more so maybe patience in waiting for the next 13 to 14 months to play out to make that final call on how you feel about GA4. Because if you didn't listen to, I think it was two episodes ago where those changes that were specifically in GA4 just called out a bunch of changes that were new in GA4 that didn't exist six months ago. And this is just one more reason and signal that Google is going to listen and continue to improve GA4 over the next year. And with that, we also just wanted to remind everyone that we have a GA4 webinar, Q&A, Zoom, whatever you want to call it on June Wednesday, June 22nd. There will be a link in the show notes if you want to register. It's scheduled for an hour and a half. So there'll be a few of us on the Elevar team that will be going through just like this podcast. We less philosophy, more tactics and how to. So it'll be simple things like how to set up GA4. And again, that'll be likely five minutes because that's the easiest part and what Elevar can enable. And more so in the reporting and customizations and Things that you can do today that you can't do in Universal Analytics that we do have some customers taking advantage of. So it'll be hopefully eye-opening to just help you as you're going into Q3, Q4, potentially pull some additional insights and funnels and things of that nature that you can ultimately use to help improve your conversion rate through the rest of the year. So go ahead and register for that live event. And if you register, you'll get the recording regardless and anything that we put together to share ahead of time. So that is it. I didn't plan on doing 10, but ended up being 10 anyway. So these are 10 updates in the world of tracking that's going on in our world. So if it's going on in our world, you're going to hear on this podcast as we share everything that's happening to keep you up to speed and up to date and uh, hopefully in the better enabling in the niche of tracking. Hopefully your world of tracking is a little bit easier and saving you some time and improving accuracy across all of your channels. As always, if you have any questions, shoot me an email, brad at getelovar.com, and I will see you on the next episode. Did you enjoy today's episode? If so, we release two new episodes per week. So be sure to subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else that you subscribe and listen to your podcasts. I also have a favor to ask. I'd really appreciate if you could leave a comment or review so I can learn exactly how to improve future episodes for you. And last but not least, if you want to connect with me, find me on LinkedIn by searching Brad Redding at Elevar. That's E-L-E-V-A-R. Or you can DM me on Twitter. My handle is I am Brad Redding. I look forward to connecting with you. Thanks again.